I wonder where a guy, an everyday Joe like myself, can find a little action. Do I make you horny? Me love you long time. Me so horny. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? Give me some sugar, baby. Hey guys, this is Eddie McClintock. And no, I'm not David Boreanis, and you are listening to the Metal Hand of God podcast. Don't worry if you don't make it out alive. We'll give you your money back. Guaranteed. Podcast. I am your host Wayne, and with me tonight is the one, the only Mister, uh, that guy over there who's always hosting with me, Mister Vernon. That's right. That's right. And we have a very <laughs> special guest, the gentleman that we've been trying to get on for quite some time, Mister Dave Sheridan. How are you? Hey, man. How are you doing? What's man? up? I'm, I'm glad to get on so I can finally get off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the only way to get, get Sheridan off is to get him on. <laughs> Man, you know, it, it was funny because I actually have, um, I have actually re- a recording of you trying to get on the last time we tried because we were like, okay, we could do this. And you called from your phone. And that was, right. it was so funny. And I, I had to use, we had to use um, FaceTime. He was, you were driving. Yep. And I'm looking at him on FaceTime and Rum's on the, on the computer. And he's like, I had the microphone, like uh, the phone stuck by the microphone so Rum could hear you talk. It was fucking priceless, dude. <laughs> it was funny. It was good shit. That's but. right, because we're doing this via Skype. So yes. I had, to, I had to go get a Skype account. But you didn't have... I think when I signed up, I didn't put my name in it or something. And right. then, so when I called you, you were like, you put it in junk because you thought it was like some spam thing calling you or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. He's like, no, it's not. I get nothing. You had, you literally blocked me. Yeah, that's <laughs> what it was. I, was. I blocked you because I was like, who, what is this weird ass thing calling me? So I blocked the number and then it was yeah. him the whole time. <laughs> I am always the weird ass. That's so. all right. <laughs> I'm happy to finally get you on the show, dude. Like it's it's been a, a bit, and like we were talking earlier, you just a busy son of a bitch, dude. Every time I see your posts, you're somewhere else. You're uh, taking pictures with fans and doing all this stuff, and I think it's super cool, man. And um, like we were talking earlier, let these people know exactly where you're gonna be because I, you yeah. know, because I. I mean, I would love to go see you for sure. Yeah, man. Like I've got a bunch of ones set up. I think this is going to air after the Tampa Bay one this weekend, but on the, on July 24th and 25th, I'll be in Oklahoma, uh, at Oklahoma city. I think it's called like the Oklahoma horror, horror convention. Cool. <laughs> and then, uh, then on the 
at the end of the month, July 31st and August 1st, I'll be in Gatlinburg at the Smoky Mountain Fan Fest. Um, that's going to be a you, you go online and check out that lineup because there's it's so like there's so many people that are going to be there. And you know what's you know who's going to be there for the who's first that? time ever, first convention ever. I got a uh, John Abrahams from um, from Scary Movie. He plays Bobby. Really? Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he's coming Very out cool. to hang with me for the first time. Um, that'll be his first convention ever. I actually, I, I'm looking at my call sheet. I got to call him because he's nervous about like, hey, what do I bring? What you know? Because he's been on a bunch of other movies and TV shows. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know. No, that's freaking yeah. cool, man. You guys don't yeah. ever do um, like. I mean, you're the actually only person from Scary Movie I've ever seen at a convention. You know, I don't know if. Uh, if any yeah. other people do any of them. Yeah, Lock, Lachlan goes out, and um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth has been out quite oh, a bit. Oh, that's true. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forgot. She's done a few things. Yeah, um, but then she got into playing poker. So Really? I, I had no idea. Hey, poker? Uh, no poker. <laughs> I'll poker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the uh, uh, the other day, dude. Just I was, really uh, quick. And oh I'll yeah. Give you my, I'll just for people listening. I'll give you my August ones. I'll be at the PA HorrorCon. That's like in Lehigh or Allentown. That's August twenty first and twenty second. And then there's Crypticon in Seattle, and that is the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth of August. So that's two months. There, there you go. There's like four conventions in, if you're in those that's areas. Cool. I, I really, um, I really like the name of Crypticon. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, I have questions about something that you've done in the past. I want to know okay. about the band. The band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you want to know? What do you want to know? You can't handle the truth. I mean, do you still do you still do the music, or you just kind of y'all just stopped? Yeah. So here's how it worked out. Okay. So um, I've always been involved in music. I've had bands in high school, college. Right. Um, I've sang in different bands and stuff like that, and. Uh, then uh, my part, one of one of my best friends, partners of music, and he had a, we had a few bands together. Uh, his name is Travis, and he we did Buzzkill together actually way back okay, in the nineties. Yeah. And um, so we looked. We this was probably two thousand two when we formed my last band that I was in called Van Stone. That's who you're talking about, right? Yes. Van Stone. Yes. So the the thing with that was. Um, I basically, I was 32 at that point, right? About 32, 33. And um, it was kind of like, let's start another band. And I'm like, dude, there's, <laughs> there's only two types of music you can do at 32 or 33 and break in, right? And one would be country music. You could go do country music. You know, that's available to older, older um, performers, you know, right. uh, who, haven't, who aren't already a name in music. Uh, and then the other one is just do comedy, like do a comedy type of thing. So uh, the, the premise of what him and I formed, and since since we weren't really known for country at the time, but we were we were known for comedy. I said, well, this is great. You know, let's you and I do like a kind of comedy duo type of thing, like a Cheech and Chong, you know. Um, and so the concept of Van Stone when it first started was I was Randy Van Stone um, Travis was Lonnie Van Stone, my twin brother, and we were, you know, these 34, 33 and a half year old loser guys living at home with their mom still. And they were writing party rock songs that was aimed like <laughs> high schoolers, right? And so I, and the reason I came up with that was 
I would always listen to like, you know, like Hot for Teacher or uh, Christine 16 by Kiss, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like some of these songs uh, that were just like, like smoking in the boys room, you know what I mean? Like with uh, Motley Crue. It's right. like when when Vince Neil's 55 singing smoking in the boys room or, you know, Van Halen goes out and David Lee Roth is like 70 and he's like, you know, hot for teacher, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, you know, or, or the kiss is Christine 16. That's like really breaking the law right there. Right, right. Simmons <laughs> talking about a 16 year old. Right. And so I just thought like, well, that's kind of funny that if we're like 30, clearly in our thirties, but we're singing about going on a beer run. Or spring break, or, you know, show us your tits. Yeah, yeah man. Spring, spring break yeah. forever. Yeah, spring break forever. Another song was like Beer Goggling. We had Show Us Your Tits for Freedom, $25 Blowjob. It, 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 it was funny, was it started out with like Spring Break Forever, uh, Party Hardy. You know, Party Hardy was just about the like, story about the guy that he, he woke up late, missed the bus, and he decided to stay home and just and do what he does every day. And that was a repeat thing every day, party, party, party. <laughs> and uh, what happened was then we started, okay, so then we recorded an album. We just wanted to put it, honestly, we just wanted to put out a comedy album. We recorded the album, and we brought it around to, like, the record labels, and they said, that's great, but in order for us to market it, we'd still have to have you guys tour and do a live show. We're like, well, we never thought of that. So Travis and I, it was what we recorded were just us. Right. We played the instruments and stuff. We went in the recording studio and just made the music. And um, then we had, then we put a band together of like session musician guys. And um, we put up a show and our show was great. We're, we are, we're all performers. We were all professional performers. The A&R guy came out and he goes, you guys are amazing. I love it. I go, awesome. You're going to sign us. He goes, no. He goes, I don't look at a band. When I go and sign a band, I don't care if I like their music. I don't care if I like their looks. I don't care how good they are. He goes, all I look at is the line out front. In fact, I don't, he says, I don't even have to go into the venue. If, you, if you're selling tickets and there's a line, then I'll sign you. And, and he goes, that's as simple as it is. So he goes, so you guys now, now, he's like, now that you got the band, like first we went there and, and he listened to the album. He goes, I love this album. Uh, so you're going to put it out? No, you got to play live so you can support it. Then we put the band together and, he, and he's like, I love the band. And then I go, great, you're going to sign us? He goes, no, because I need to know I'm selling tickets. So I'm like, so then we had to, so then he, he did help us. He set us up with a residency at the Roxy in Los Angeles. Wow. And, um, so we performed, you know, you play a residency. He's like, okay, you'll do three shows in a month or four, you know, one every weekend and you build awareness. And, um, that's just so now we became a real band. We never wanted to be a real band. The whole thing. <laughs> I'm an actor. I, you know, it actually took away so much time from like my movies and stuff like that. I had agents being like, you got that audition. I go, I can't audition. I'm, I'm performing it at the, um, you know, <laughs> what was it? The, the Rising Amphitheater in, in El Segundo. You know what I mean? Like, what? what are you talking about? Like, you know, yeah, we're opening up for the village people. It's like charity. Get your fucking act together. You're not supposed to be doing this. You know. You know what I mean? I like, <laughs> what was funny was that we were doing our our stuff. We were coming up around the same time as like Thirty Seconds to Mars or whatever with Jared Leto. Nice. And, and he was like the front man for that band. I'm front man for it. And we were playing festivals together. And so I started the beef that I had this beef with Jared Leto because he's an actor, you know, becoming us. And you know who else? It was uh, Juliet, Juliet Lewis had her band. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, right. yeah. So all of a sudden it was like actors, 
we were like, oh wait, there's three actors here that are like lead singers in their crappy band, you know, <laughs> like um, other thirty seconds of Mars Hudson Hits and stuff. And but it was just kind of funny that it's not what I that wasn't what we wanted to do. All I wanted to do was put out a Cheech and Chong kind of comedy album and put it out. And even in 2004, in 2003, the internet just wasn't set up. My space was actually dead. You know, it yeah, was, gone. Right, it was yeah. gone. And Facebook was taken over, but Facebook was, wasn't about it was still the music infancy. element. Yeah. It was still anymore. Yeah. Right. And so, and YouTube just didn't hit that streak yet. It wasn't until, um, what happened on YouTube was the uh, was the gamers. The gamers yeah. are what made yeah. YouTube that that whole like watching people you know stream longer Ugh. games and play. That's yeah. really what sort of blew into now these sort of like the podcasts and the the you know the pootie pies and stuff that opened it up to all these other you know t- drum you know spilling the tea dramatic YouTubey kind of. You know, you know, you know how YouTube is like that. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you know, like like the the Paul brothers now who are fighting like exactly. a, who are fighting actual <laughs> fighters, yeah. and I'm just like blown away by where they came from, and now they're like these super celebrity weirdos. You know, right. are both of them fighters? Yeah, they're both fighters now. They're both fighters. But that's the whole point. Like, I don't remember what they started out doing. Then the next thing you know, they're on. YouTube, next thing you know, now they're MMA fighters. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the same thing with the Kardashians. Like, okay, she just made a porno in a, in a hotel room. Yeah. And next thing you know, she's on E, and next thing you know, she's got her a makeup line at Macy's. And then, like, Dave Sheridan, okay, he's in a he's in a movie. Well, next thing you know, he's touring around with the village people and Lordy. You know what I mean? Or like, it's like, why is he doing that? <laughs> Wait a so, minute. Wait a minute. You toured with the village people and Lordy. Yeah. yeah was, yeah. was it? Tell me it was the same tour. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's <laughs> so crazy. Because don't forget, we were, if you've seen our show, our show, we were like, we were like the, and, and here's the thing. Again, we started out just trying to do a Cheech and Chong comedy album. Then we, then we were just a straight band. Like, okay, we'll wear leather outfits or whatever. But it became that thing when the guy said, well, you need a following. Then I'm like, okay, now, now we need a theatrical act. So we built like these instruments out of like stainless steel. I had, we had battle axes and buzzsaw guitars. And then <laughs> we're from Palmdale. And we're living at home with our mom. That was the storyline. So the idea would be we're trying to be like Guar, but we're pathetic <laughs> out of our garage. So I would have like this, you know, this rubber penis, this big like foam <laughs> penis thing that I would supposed to spray the crowd with. And my roadie, Hawk, it's like our neighbor, you know, to like in Palmdale, he could never get the, the thing to work right, you know? And so it was always like, you know, I was like, I'd always stand on the monitors. I'd be on the monitors and then crowd would be like, oh shit, we're going to get sprayed with a whole bunch of semen. Here it comes because I'm holding this giant piece. I'm like, you ready to take it all? Take it all. And like I'm singing $25 blowjob is our song. And then people are like, there's big nuts on it and hands are grabbing the nuts and stuff, but nothing comes out. And then I'm looking back at him like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know, he's like, I don't know. It's not working. And I'm like, we're, then I look down at the thing. And as soon as I look down, down the pipe of the penis, then he really, then he lets it, lets it go. So it always, it, it always All ended up with face. me just totally calm. I would come on myself and I'd piss <laughs> off at him and then I'd beat him. You know, we'd fight and I'd beat him on stage with the with the. So the idea was like, what 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 would it be if Guar was more pathetic, doing it out of the garage, which That's they funny. do 
really do it out of the garage anyway, but they, yeah. their show's amazing. And then what would it be if it went spinal tap? It went wrong. You know what I yeah, mean? And, and right. it was just always fighting and always dude like that's so fucking amazing. I wish I could have seen <laughs> that show, dude. Like that's right? just incredible. Yeah, so here's the thing. So then we 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 built this this like characters and this world and all this stuff and we uh, we were already filmmakers you know like we made right. music videos so we're like and we we had cameras so we would mount cameras and the reason why is because i started shooting i shot the very first show the first show we did i shot the second show we did i shot and the reason early on wasn't like i'm making a movie i was saying hey just like a football just like a a football team's going to get tape of their game and then go back and watch it, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, since we were writing stuff and sketches, we would, I'd record the shows and then we went back and said, Oh, that worked. That didn't work. And Hey man, you should be, you need to, you know, and even just regular rocking notes of like, dude, you need to move more. You need to dance more. You're standing there and you're looking down, you know, like just even just regular, like directional thing of how to make the, make it cool, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like rock and roll kind of cool. But also, we just saw like what's working, what's not working, and we made adjustments. But we just kept shooting the shows, and then it started turning into okay, we got a lot of cameras. And then I said, let's just why don't we just make a documentary now? Let's just make a movie while we're doing this, um, while we're building. Because we did, I shot the first show, and there was no one there. It might have been three people. There's shows I have online where we're now, especially once we got into touring on these like bigger festivals and yeah. stuff. Where it's like fifty thousand people just screaming, you know, That's chanting. So cool. uh, is it was awesome, and they still didn't even know who I was, you know, because <laughs> because I played Randy Van Stone, right? So, um, so, and the funny thing was, we were a fake band. At the end of the day, we really were a fake band, but you're a real band. <laughs> That's the funny thing people didn't understand. It's like, well, you're not real. It's like, well, is here's a. I always look at it this way: it, 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 Alice, you know, Alice Cooper is not Alice Cooper. No. Know, he's like Vincent Fernay or whatever his name is. And yeah. Rob Zombie's Rob Cummings. You know what I mean? Right. Rob Zombie's nothing like – Rob Cummings is nothing like Rob Zombie. Rob right. Cummings is quiet and, hey, Dave, how you doing? And when he's directing those movies, he's a very quiet, demure guy. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. And he does yoga. You know what I mean? Yeah. He loves watching like black and white comedy movies. Um but on stage, he's like, let me hear you, Cincinnati. Ah, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're evil. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's not who he is. He's not like at the bank the next day going, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> although, although I would, I would like have a lot more respect if he did that. That'd be really funny. <laughs> I'll tell him that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but so like, but what's funny is when you become the, when, in the act of becoming a fake band, you are a real band because we had to rehearse songs. We had to mm-hmm. write more songs. Right. And we also, there is, no matter what, I'm dealing with five other humans that are putting time in. Because before it was just Travis and I recording some songs for an album. Then it turns into, hey guys, we got to meet twice a week to start rehearsing for the show. Oh, then it turns into, um, we need to make the outfits. Who can come over and help sew? Who can make blood? I don't know. Like whatever it was, it turned into a lot. And then it then it turns into like, can you guys come to the storage unit and help me like you know reorganize stuff? And we're we have a show, but we got to show up two hours ahead of time because we have to set shit up, and then we have to break stuff down. And um and then they go, well, what am I getting paid? You know, it's like, well, now we're not really making that much money. Uh, and so it became like 
there was fighting. There was people quitting the band. I it was a constant like new new member, new member, and I had to create it. We it was like um, I'm trying to think of like a TV show or whatever it is, but when it's kind of like Kiss when when Kiss got rid of Ace, they created another character. You know what right, I mean? Right. Another yeah. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the same thing. Every bass player that quit, I'd have to go, okay, what's this guy's name? What's his character? You know, where is he from? You know, how many drummers? It's like, we literally had, like, we're all from Palmdale. And by the time I got done, our band was really equal to half the population of Palmdale. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because we had so many band members. And because you really, when you're a dude and you're getting into a rock band, I understood I was doing it because I just wanted to do comedy and, and be in something funny. And now I'm shooting a movie. It turned into me shooting a movie. Um, so that's why I kept it going. Cause I, we started creating the characters and the storylines. And then we basically said, okay, what can we do at this venue for the storyline? Oh, we could do this, this, and this. And then we would do that. So it was never the same show at, at a certain point. It wasn't like this routine show that was like with the, when we toured with the village people, they had the same show every night, right? but we didn't because I was like, I, you know, I can't hold this band together. No one's getting paid enough. They're, 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 our instruments were stainless steel, but they were made out of like $99 guitars and basses and stuff, right? Right. Under, yeah. the underpinnings. And no musician wants to play a guitar that doesn't hold its tune halfway through each song. Um, they want to play their $5,000, you know, Gibson guitar, you know what I'm saying? Not a not a $99 Squire underneath right. it, you know what I mean? And so, and the stainless steel stuff was heavy. They were heavy guitars. And then I had everyone in like leather outfits and helmets and and they were sweating their balls off. So it's like, I'm playing this crappy guitar. We sound like shit. It's heavy. I'm sweaty. And, and I go, yeah, but you got beer tickets. Okay, I got beer tickets. And, and here's the thing. With a band like Van Stone from Palmdale, California, that's a party rock band. And it's Steve's going on a beer run. And Spring Break Forever. And Show Your Tits for Freedom. And $25 blowjob, whatever it is. You're not getting chicks. The chicks are standing way in the back. Right. Or anywhere at all. You're getting a bunch of. 17, 20 year old dirty guys that are just, just as drunk as you and they're sweaty and they just want to mosh in a pit. And so my the band members are like, you know, you join a band to either get chicks or get money. It's you mm-hmm. either get you know that whole One or the thing, other. you know, money for nothing and your chicks for free yep. thing. Right? Like it's like so they were getting neither. My band members were getting <laughs> they weren't getting paid and they were getting laid. So they had no reason to be wearing the fur outfit. And they're like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm quick. <laughs> so, so, so it was hard holding that band together. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I, I, but I guess what I'm getting at is everyone is always like, oh, Van Stone, it was this fake band. It wasn't because because of that turmoil and because of that political like aspect of infighting. And, you know, t- we still had to get in a van and drive around the country. Right. Um, you guys were a real you know, band. It was real. That part was real. So we actually, in the documentary, I have a lot of this, like, fighting in the hotel rooms. And, like, some of it's real. Some of the stuff is real that I'm mixing in with the faux stories, you know what I mean, that we created. And um, I would give out, like, ten – we – since we were traveling around, we couldn't travel around with camera crew. So we had lock-off cameras that we would lock off in certain positions, knowing that no matter what, we're covered from that angle. Then I would give cameras out to fans. I would give like 10 cameras out and just shoot whatever you want. But, you know, try to shoot the show if you can. <laughs> but I wasn't even that. I was like, 
if you see something going on in the corner over there, go ahead and shoot it, you know? Right. But what was good about that was none of these people knew, they didn't know the cues. They didn't know what was going on. So the camera, the, the footage is great because it looks so real when someone, something happens, a gunshot goes off and the camera's whipping, trying to find what the fuck's going on, you right. know? Like yeah, yeah, it yeah. just makes it organically real. So that's, that's cool. That's very, the very negative cool. side to the whole thing, Wayne, the negative side is I ended up with like, we shot for like 10 years and I ended up with a lot of people are like, I think you're done. I think you're done. I go, no, no, no. I want to shoot this one thing. So I have so much footage that I got overwhelmed. Um, I, cause I, my last time I shot anything was 2014. We're talking, we're, we're in 2021. So we're seven yeah. years that this stuff's been sitting on hard drives and I haven't edited it yet. Like, cause oh, I, man. Because you 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 said it yourself, like man, you're busy, you're busy. So it's like, God, when am I going to have time to crack in? Yeah. To it, it's overwhelming how much footage I have. That's the problem. I have too much footage for me to handle and figure out. Now the only thing is, because even the band ex band members call up, going, "What's going on? When's it going to be finished? When's it going to be finished?" The only good thing about shooting, I liken it to like a Borat. It's like a Borat and a Bruno meet <laughs> Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. No, it is because it's all shot in reality. There's real reactions. There's real interactions with real people. And um, and it's also a time capsule because, you know, we were on Warp Tour in 2003. Wow. 2004. Wow. And so that footage from Warp Tour, you can't fake it. You can't no. fake yeah. this footage. No, you can't. It really says Warp Tour, and it's got crowds. And it's, it's almost like I tell, I tell people, I go, the longer it goes, the more confusing it is whether it's real or not real. You know? Right. Because and- Oh, they're gonna so, say, how did how did somebody shoot? You know, like this thing is like twenty years old. Right. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. great that if it's like if it's been seven years since you recorded it, if you wait a few years and put it out as like a tenth anniversary thing, yeah, of when you stopped, like it, it would just be like, why are they celebrating ten years? Ten years of, 10 years of, of not doing of shit. not doing anything from <laughs> ten years of not doing anything. <laughs> before that like that's <laughs> fucking hilarious yeah. and 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 oh my god dude i almost fucking lost it when you were saying how like you know band members would leave and you'd have to replace them <laughs> and then you'd have to come up with characters right. for them when it's like they're not like i i get it with kiss because yeah i mean uh Eric Carr is an actual person he replaced peter chris like yeah you, you need like a different but it's like mm-hmm. these aren't these aren't real. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta come up with a fake name for the guy to bet the fake name. So fucking stupid. It's awesome. I love well, it. Well, here's the, there, the two things happened. One was uh, um, Lonnie. Travis played Lonnie, right? Mm-hmm. My right. twin brother. We actually grew. We actually grew our hair out. We grew our hair out. You know what I mean? And he cut his hair. He got his hair. Lonnie was like, like Travis was like, I'm, dude, I'm tired of this fucking hair. It was like metal Hesher hair. We permed it and everything. I was <laughs> walking around with permed hair for years. And he comes and I was like, fuck, dude, you can't cut your hair. He goes, no, I'll go back to the wig. I go, you can't wear a wig and me not wear a wig. And he goes, then cut your hair. I go, I'm not cutting my hair. I'm committed. I'm like, I'm an actor that commits. And, <laughs> and so I said, I said, Lonnie's out of the band. My my, uh, uh, he didn't leave. Travis didn't leave. He created another character, Burt Vanstone, our cousin. And Lonnie, <laughs> we, we created the story that Lonnie came out and he was gay. Lonnie oh my come god! Out of well, it was like um, it was like the the, the Halford, you know what I mean? From yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. And, 
not Iron Maiden. Who was it? Judas, Judas Priest. Judas right? Priest. Yeah. And and the whole thing is like Lonnie came out gay, and we had to kick him out of the band. But it wasn't that we kicked him out of the band um, because he was gay. You know, we're not homophobic. We had no problem with that. It was the problem is our songs of twenty five dollar blowjob was a, a song about a man getting a twenty five dollar blowjob about from a woman. And mm-hmm. I didn't. And the whole thing was we didn't want to confuse the fans. You know, because all of a sudden we said, "Is twenty five dollar blowjob about a guy blowing another right. guy?" He's like, you know, you can. So we convinced. So Lonnie had to leave the band, you know, because of that reason. But then so it all goes downhill from there because the other thing is, I'm his twin brother, and so I was dealing with my own. Am I a homosexual? You know what I mean? If my twin brother's a homosexual, did we? Did we 69 inside the womb? Did I <laughs> blow him inside the womb? These are like questions. And you could go on like line. I think there's a Adam Carolla episode where that's like in that, you know, it was it, one of his podcasts. He had us on after Lonnie had to leave the band because of it. And we addressed all this oh, so with Adam. Good. So these are things that are like, again, you just that footage <laughs> with Adam, you know? And, uh, right. Dude, and that's so fucking was, funny. Like, We've hung out. We hung out with Lemmy from Motorhead, and yeah, nice. some of these shows, some of the shows we did, because I had long hair and because we'd come in, um, someone like Lemmy, he's a big enough star. And same thing with uh, uh, Twisted Sister. I oh, said, nice. I now know Dee Snider pretty well. I've met him several times. He knows now that I'm Randy Van Stone. But when we played shows with them, they didn't know we were a fake band. They didn't know that Randy's not real. So like, I'm drinking with Lemmy you know, out of his flask, but I never let Randy down. He's like, Randy, man, hey, you know, call me Randy. And it's like, it's sort of like, and <laughs> there, there was one time we played with this band. It was Johnny and the Dudes up in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we're backstage. And this was when, um, again, this guy thought Van Stone was real. The Johnny guy, the lead, lead singer, he thought Van Stone was real. And I always had this bottle of uh, Jack Daniels on stage that I drank, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a professional singer. So that Jack Daniels was actually throat coat tea. And the reason yeah. I, so that way I could drink it and coat and like help my throat. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And um, so he, and he basically came backstage. He's like, Oh shit. You know, we were drink. We do drink some beers and you know, there might've been other things, burning incense and that kind of stuff. And, um, <laughs> but this guy came back and he basically took it upon himself to open that Jack Daniels and, <sighs> and give it a swig. And he spits it out. He goes, what the fuck is that? And he goes, yeah, no, that's not, that's for stage, dude. That's my throat coat tea. And he goes, what do you mean you're fucking drinking throat coat tea? Fuck you. That's a, what, are you, what kind of poser are you? And I go, yeah, what do you mean, dude? Like, he, but he still didn't know, he still didn't know my name was Dave. I'm lucky I didn't go like, I'm lucky I didn't go like, dude, what are you talking about? My name's Dave. I'm an actor. Like, like I, didn't give him I, go, I go, whatever, dude. And. He called me out. They opened up for us. He called me out. He goes, Randy Van Stone's a fucking poser. He's a fucking pussy. He didn't even drink it real. There was iced tea in his Jack Daniels, that motherfucker. Right? <sighs> I was like, and and I was like, oh shit. Like, God, he called us out. But and part of me was like, what do I care? It's not real, right? <laughs> but but the other part of me was like, fuck that. But I'm glad he didn't go, his real name's James Sheridan. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. I'm yeah. glad he didn't really blow the show. But um, and I'm sure the most of the fans already knew that we were Dave and Travis and other stuff like that. Because just that, you know, that's why they were fans. Like right. All of us. Um, but the, uh, I sent our manager who wasn't even a manager. He was another actor. His name was Les Moore. Les is more entertaining. Yeah. 
<laughs> but our manager wasn't even a real manager, which was funny because he was constantly getting pitched stuff. And he would have to say, <laughs> they'd be like, less, less, less. Dan still plays in you as well. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to ask Dave. And then, who's Dave? Well, Who fuck's Dave? Like, why don't you just, less? are you the manager or not? He's like, yeah, I'm the manager, but I'm not the manager. They'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Because you know? <laughs> he's an actor. And, uh, but I sent him, I sent him down to the bar and I said, go buy a real bottle. Go buy a bottle of, uh, of Jack from the bar. And so that's one of those big bottles. That was like 50 bucks or something at a bar. Right. You know what right. I mean? And, like, and, you're, not get, and you're not getting paid. So it's like, it's out of your pocket. You're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I drank a, a, a good amount of it on stage, but I really, it was, I go, yeah, that fucking liar. He's calling me out. I'll show him a poser. Take anybody wants some. It really was the kid, the kids down front. I was just letting them drink it. You know what I mean? Right. And then I, but I drank quite a bit of it. And so I did get smashed and, <laughs> and, and people in the front got really, and it, it just turned into a pretty, a pretty violent mess. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. Getting broken. I thought, you know, those like plastic chairs that kind of like go on top of each other. They're like, you know, for patios and stuff. Yeah, like lawn right. chairs or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. kind of, they can, they're stacked. They can stack. Yeah. 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 And, um, it's like Adirondack chairs. Like, yeah, yeah, but they have like sharp. The legs are like sharp, you know, like they're they're hollow, but they're they're kind of bent around and they're kind of sharp, yeah. like you know. And um, some kid came up and thought it would be funny to smash that over my head and on my back and stuff. Awesome. And I was in Jesus. I was, I, but here's the thing: that shit don't break. It wasn't like oh, right. plastic. It's actually he, he would have been better off hitting me with a wooden chair because that probably yeah. shattered or broke. This thing, he kept hitting me. It finally did <laughs> oh. crack, but then the crack pieces just became that much more sharper. You know? oh, my God. back, dude, my back was just like, I looked like Jesus Christ in the past. <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> what happened? It was just like, because it was just slashes across the back from this plastic just hitting me and hitting me, you know? Um, but, it, but he thought it was like, oh, it's plastic. It's not hurting him. But that thing actually was sharp and coming down is like you know man look i've played music for years and i've been played different shows and did all kind of stuff i've never ever first off i've never played in front of that many people like you know <laughs> never like in front of warp tour and things like that the most people i think my uh, one of my bands played in front of was probably like 250 300 people which is a good right. a good amount of right. people for a local show you know it's a you know and uh but i've been at your point where you were like so trash that look i fell off the stage like four times um like it, it was wild we, we had a 45 minute set uh, my band did and uh it was for our cd release party we're all hyped up we got fucking we all got suits we all went up there it was so hot it was ridiculous it was like during the summer um <laughs> so we're standing up on stage and uh at that by that time i probably had about half a bottle of jägermeister in me and um and i don't know what else at I'm that back. point anyway i was uh i was sitting on that stage so so pissed ass drunk by the time we got up there and uh we played for our 45 minutes set we played for almost three and a half hours jesus <laughs> but we only had 45 minutes worth of music <laughs> so <laughs> that was a long long <laughs> set uh people loved it i smashed a girl who was probably about the size of my son like little wise i fell off the stage three times on top of her every time jesus um and she still to this day when we played she would come to our shows and talk to me That's about great. being talk to me about being smashed <laughs> 
something I would say, and it's the same thing with, I have done like little performances of stand up and stuff like that. And, and I also shot a music video with the Chili Peppers uh, where I was out on stage with them at Coachella and that was a hundred and something thousand people, right? And um, you think that it would be more like, you think that would be more intimidating to be in front of more people. It's actually the opposite. It's super intimidating to play in smaller. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Because then you know, okay, if you're in a room of fifty people, there's fifty people staring at you. You know what I mean? Yep. And you're it's it's quieter and you're close and they're really focused on you. When you have you know twenty five thousand people and it's just a sea of people, that's what it becomes. Just a sea of and they they feed off themselves. So energy feeds off of energy. But also, it's just like it's faceless at that point. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. like more of just this, uh, you know, white noise that just kind of erupts. And so, I found it way more. Um, I, I found it helped me. You know what I mean? Like right. playing those bigger venues. Actually, then when I came back to smaller venues, I was able to have a little bit more, uh, um, just command and like a stage. I, I wasn't the stage fright. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. there because there's always stage fright. Oh yeah. I, with, with anyone, you know what I mean. There's a you, you and you want that. If you don't have that, that's that's the that's that edge. That's that sort of energy. And you don't want to be so comfortable in your performance that you're not bringing it. You know yep. what I mean. You want to make right. sure. So yeah, I love I love playing live. I've always I've always loved doing that stuff, and uh, I haven't done it in quite some time. But I'm actually working on some new music with some people now, so we'll see what happens with that. But. Uh, I might do, I might, by the way, there might be a Van Stone reunion coming up (laughs) in 2023. May Mm. of 2023 is, um, there is a, a a festival that we did called Bamboozle in New Jersey and California. And it's like a warp tour, except mostly it was bigger in the New Jersey area. Right. And they just announced they're going to come back. They do a one-time thing like at Asbury in Asbury Park where it started, oh, and they're going to awesome. do this festival again. And so I haven't reached out to the guy that I know the guy that runs it. I just haven't even had time to reach out. We're a little ways off. Um, I think I'm going to talk. I'll be doing New Jersey HorrorCon um, in um, November. I'll be in New Jersey doing a New Jersey HorrorCon, and so that's probably when I'm going to hit him up to come down and see me. Because uh, the guy, this guy Ryan that runs the New Jersey Hardcon, he actually played uh, in like this band called Crash Romeo that played with us on these um, on these bamboozle things. So, uh, but if I came back to do a, like a one time reunion, it would be that festival because that was a festival that treated us really nice and That's cool. we had a great time. Nice. But also that two and a half years from now, maybe that like we were just talking, uh, maybe that's. Could, that's when I could, if I start focusing on the documentary, I could have it all put together by then. Yeah, and you, yeah. Could, you, could, you could end with the culmination of the reunion show, and that'd be it. That'd be yeah. Cool. yeah. That'd I mean, I can't cool. give the, I can't give the, the the movie away so much, but there's a Jim Morrison element to the the, the way it ends now. Is yeah, you don't even know is Randy dead? Is Randy alive? Where, where's he been? So that would be, you know, that could be good for that reunion of like, is he coming out on stage or not? And they right. Yeah, him, that'd you know, be like, cool. That would, that's a good idea, man. That'd be great. I think I think you should uh, look into that for sure. Yeah, because I, I, I'm not. I mean, you've seen. I don't know if you've seen me lately, but I'm not like an old. I'm not like really old. I am 52, but I don't carry myself like old, you know. And if really? I saw a band like Great White or even like Vince Neil when he's like with <laughs> Molly Cruz, you know, he's just like. 
Yeah, you know, I heard that video. Like you, you know, he can't even move. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. shape and heavy and and great white. The funny thing about Great White is, like, I think it's only the lead singer, and he just hires, like, 23-year-old guys to, like, shred around him, yeah. right? And <laughs> dances, but, that, but he doesn't move at all. And he's right. just kind of fat, and it's, it just looks like he's, like, he just looks like the guy that was, like, you know, co- like, just moving orange cones in the parking lot in the back besides <laughs> standing up on stage with this young rock group. You know? yeah. Wait, and, uh, wasn't, wasn't Great White the band that set those yep. people on fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why. Man. That's Wait, why he's the only one left. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks for bringing on the, <laughs> my, my, my podcast. My, my bad, dude. My oh, bad. Oh, my I bad. thought you were gonna say forgiving us all boners. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, that's true. That, that totally brought me down. That's, that's right. Um, uh, uh, yeah. I, I love when they like try and like they just don't even hit the high notes though anymore either. Like they just kind of. Oh, yeah. Go go the low tone, or or they've got like the backup chorus yeah, of like girls singing, yeah. like you know the high whites, notes. I've seen yeah, I've seen Great White perform. In Great Whites, they've got a young guitar player, and when that high note comes, he hits that note, and yeah. the other guy right. <laughs> he just kind of air sings, you know. That's funny. <laughs> God, that's funny. You know who does that too? Uh, uh, what's his name from Pantera? Phil Anselmo. He does that now too. Like uh, for when he into before. the cemetery it, gate. Yeah, he yeah he doesn't do that that cemetery gate. You know, even when I saw him live, I don't think he ever did the high the high noise for right. that. Uh, but yeah. I, but that's his own fault though. He ruined his voice by uh, considerable amounts of alcohol, and then he decided he wanted to be growly. You know what I mean? Like go into the heavier right. versions of the songs, and then right. that's why he that's why he can't hit those high notes anymore. Oh, um, he, he's not. I, a, did, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, I did like that album, that other band he's in. The, it was the Black Album, the, the newer one. Oh, Down? Yeah. Yeah, th- yeah, those guys are actually playing here um, in a couple of months. Oh, that's right. You're you're in New Orleans because yeah. Phil's yep. on there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I, 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 yeah. I've hung out with him a bunch of times. Yeah, uh, yeah. But... he made some funny – I remember him showing me some videos where it was like – it was very Van Stone that he had a roadie and he would kind of like – it was almost like a comedy team. He was making these videos out of his house where the roadie was a complete <laughs> idiot and he was fucking with him and stuff. It was pretty funny. Yeah, they they did that. Um, they did a lot of stuff, especially when they when they were working with the uh, House of Shock stuff. They did those videos out there for for that stuff were hilarious. Like when they were Ooh. working with all like the back, you know, the behind the scenes footage that they had. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's fucking priceless, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, I, I do have something that I did not realize this was you, and you were in one of my all-time favorite movies that people like to shit on. Okay, hold on. Don't don't say anything just yet, because let's just start right there. Okay. okay. Right. I get that. By the way, I get that a lot. Like, I didn't realize that was you. I didn't know this was you. So sometimes I'm signing at a table, and because Felissa is my partner, and we're at these things, she's always pointing out, like, people will come up, <laughs> There's a movie called Victor Crowley, right? Right. And we're both mm-hmm. in Victor Crowley's Hatchet Four. Yeah. And they'll yeah. bring like a Victor Crowley head, and, and um, she'll sign it, and she'll go. And they were like, "You were so great, in it, bro." And she goes, "And Dave was good too, right?" And, and they'd look over with this dead face, and they'd be like, "Was he in the movie?" What? Is he in the-? And I'm like, and I look over, and I'm like, "Kills him at the end." I'm like, literally the hero of the movie, and they go, "I didn't know you were in that movie, man." I go, "What do you mean? You're watching me kill him, kill the bad guy." And Victor Crowley. And I'm the guy that kills Victor Crowley. And you go, I didn't, oh, man, I must have missed that part, the ending, where you kill him, where <laughs> right. you're a hero. Um, 
And in that in that movie, I'm not even wearing a mustache or glasses. I, right. I am, I'm always a character, but like I'm pretty much like the the like the good looking day version of what I can be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, you're the hot guy. I'm that. Yeah, I don't know why people wouldn't know that's me. I guess they maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe they're expecting Dave to be in the mustache and the the mullet and the glasses or whatever. It is. Right. But go ahead. What 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 what's your so film? so the I film know? the film that I well it's just because I haven't seen it in so long was was Bubble Boy. I had no idea that there was you. you. Yeah, and again you yeah. were the hot guy. That's why. There you go. Yeah, I'm kind of the hot guy, but. There's the, the opening stuff. I've got that big ass mullet though. You know? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Then then it goes to years later, like a few years later, and then I'm I have a shorter hair and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like people like yeah, the shit on that movie. Is, I, I would like to get. I wonder if it's on the DVD extras. Uh, do you know I screen tested? Jake Jake Gyllenhaal plays the Bubble Boy. Right. Um. And Jake was a natural 18 at that time. He was 18, and um, I was 31. And I basically really? Disney Disney basically did a shoot where we both got in that bubble outfit and we did the scenes. We did like a what's called a screencast, but it was like real with other actors and a set and everything with a but with they really also wanted to see how that bubble thing would work, you know? Oh yeah. Um yeah. so it was it was more than just a screen test because it was literally a proof of concept, but with two actors. And they had to make a dis- you know, they were gonna make a decision of who it was. And um at the end of the day, they went with him because he is 18. He was young. I, no matter what, I'm, at 31, I did not look like a 19-year-old. You know what right, I mean? And right. so the right, they made the right decision to go, oh, let's, he needs to look younger because the guy needs to be younger. Right. Um, but it was just funny that we're both. I, I would love – I don't know if that's on the DVD extras, but somewhere – It's going to um, exist. Yeah, I have stuff. I'm, I'm actually looking at a crate of – Three quarter tapes and VHS tapes of things from movies and auditions. Like I made, there's movies I got up and run, got up and going, and did not. They got, you know, it fell apart. Right, right. right. And um, I'm looking and like I remember like, um, what's his name uh, who did punked with me, uh, Ashton Kutcher. You know, it's like I remember him auditioning. You know, and we shot like I have audition tapes of all these other actors coming in and reading for these roles for a movie that never got made, but they still read for the roles because it was getting made. And That's cool. those are some stuff that I have like an archive, but it's on tape. And I got to I'm, I finally met someone to help me like, Hey man, let's on Thursday, I'll bring these things over to you. And we'll, because the problem with tape videotape, if you have a one hour videotape, it takes one hour to copy that tape. <laughs> right. Not, yeah. It's not a digital it's, thing it's where it's like, like won't, yeah, like it's not like, look, I got I got 18 hours of video on this hard drive. It's like, okay, that'll transfer over in 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. But, so, but once I get it digitized, as we say, you know, once I get it into a, um, you know, a, a Kodak that's a video Kodak for digital on the computer, then it'll be a lot easier for me to like multiply it and back it up because that's the other thing on these tapes. You know, I don't even know like how well how well they're preserved. You know, right, yeah, some yeah. of that stuff's like 30 years old. That's so. crazy, man. You know, it's, it's funny you brought that up. We had uh, uh, Paul T. Taylor on our show. He is the gentleman who plays the new pinhead in the last uh, Hellraiser movie. And mm. Rum brought up, he says, yeah, I was looking you up on online and, and I happened to f- across this uh, audition tape. Of you auditioning for uh weird that was not weird science um 
uh, the play of da what is it Frankenstein um fuck Mel Brooks's movie Young Frankenstein oh Young, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein yeah I mean it was it was for the play and he goes what? how'd you see that he goes it was on YouTube and he goes what do you mean <laughs> so he literally as we're on the show he looked it up he goes oh my god why is this on YouTube like he's like. No one knows about like I've never had this put out there, and he's like freaked out about it. It was really funny. It was like so funny. He's like, that's funny. He's like, he says, I don't think it's bad. I just he he's like, this is amazing, but I never knew it existed. Why did someone put this there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I didn't know this existed out there. So you never know, that's man. Like, well, you know, like probably like six years ago, right around that 2014 mark. Um, with, that's when every, that's when the uh, casting really started to go into what's called self tape, where you know because it's saving them money, so you don't have, and it, and for the actors it's good too because it's like well I don't want to have to drive all the way to Hollywood and okay that's a, it's a forty five minute drive and look for parking and then I go to park and then I'm sitting inside a thing right. and then I'm sitting in a room with other actors and then I get five minutes to go in or even like you know one time you know you got a minute and a half to read that your size and thank you you know. So um, with the self-tape now, you can basically take 20 takes and go, all right, this is the one I like, you know, and then you basically mm-hmm. upload it and then you send it into the, the casting people. The only bad part is you don't know if they're ever going to watch it. You don't know, like, like if they're paying attention, you know, like what's going on. They get a phone call from their mom and the director didn't get to see it, you know. Right. But when you get in the room, you do engage with the director and it's all about the energy and Oh, I like Dave. Or yeah, man. Wow, I didn't know he was. You know, oh, okay, this that. You know, so or they can make adjustments. The director would be like, I like your take, but how, I had it more like this. And then they could see, wow, you took direction and you made an adjustment. When you send in the tape, that's what that's your vision of it. You know what I mean? Not the director's vision. So it might be right. wrong. Yeah. But I, I was trying to go through my computer, and my hard drive was full. And like I told you, like with these other tapes, I'll be doing and stuff. So I started backing stuff up and. I have a folder where I keep all the auditions that I send in. And I was looking, it's like 50 something, 60 something auditions, you know, from various things. And um, some of them are old enough where I was like, I wonder if there's a market for me to like post those. But then with the scene from the movie with the other actor that did get it, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Like here's me auditioning. This was my take. And this is what it ended up being. You know, uh, Justin Long got the role, not me. And this is how it ended up. Like, I, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm brave, enough, I'm brave enough to put my stuff out there going, Hey, that was my audition. You know, it's like, that's what happens. You don't, you don't get every role, you know? Right. Um, but, uh, but it'd be kind of funny to see, cause what I've never done is I've never, I've never actually tried to pay attention to like, who did get that role? Let me watch right. it. You know, right. So. Yeah. I, I, we, um, we asked, uh, um, Andre Gower, uh, Mm-hmm. on the show we had had him and we asked him about like what what are some of the roles that he uh he tried out for but didn't get you know and he goes he goes do you have a a, a like is this show going to be like three hours, hours. Long? yeah 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 <laughs> he says everything dude at that time you know being a kid actor he said you tried out for every every role you could possibly get you know and, right, right. and i was like that's cool yeah but that i, I do sh- like the idea of like putting your screen with, test I don't on i know how monsters yeah I just don't know how Monster Squad hasn't blown up to 
a franchise or something. Right? I, I, I told him the same thing. I was like, I can't believe this. You know, it's like you guys really kind of got shafted. I think that that shit should have been huge. It's yeah. such a good film. Right. And he's such a nice guy. I mean, like, goddamn, I feel horrible for him. Uh, I don't know if you saw that he had a massive heart attack uh, last week. And, no. Uh, yeah, he had a massive heart attack. And uh, he's uh, he's at home now doing much, much better. But, uh, yeah, he's he's out of commission for a while. Wow, well, at least he's alive, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. And see, I I didn't even know that it wasn't as huge as we're all saying it should be until like recently, you know, like I, I thought it was like up there with like, you know, fucking Goonies, Stand By Me, all that stuff right. from back then. Yeah. And it's I'm like, saying, and, and I'll mention it and people will be like, oh, no, I never saw that. And I'm like, what's that movie? Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, that was one. Yeah, I've seen Gremlins and Fast Times, but it's like, dude, that's that's to me like I, I just thought it was. Dude, it's it's fucking Commonly. it's fucking Goonies versus the U- Universal Monsters, dude. It's the greatest thing ever. Right? Yeah, yeah, and that's probably why it never turned into like, you know, uh, like more like more you know spinoffs or rebooted again like now because the Universal Monsters are sort of protected, you know, like right. well if we're gonna if we're gonna do something with the Mummy again, it has to be you know with uh, you know Brendan when Fraser. they did that one with. Yeah, no, they did the last one. They just did with like Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, right. you know, so to reboot a Frankenstein, to reboot the Wolfman, they they want to go big because horror is so horror is a big game now. But they want to go how the next time they do, and that's what they tried to do with the the Tom Cruise one was like, how are we? How do we maneuver all these the Monster Inc. kind of characters of the creature? You know, the creature of Black Lagoon, right? And, and, just the universal classics, right? How do we turn it into Marvel? How how do we give it to right. Marvel? Right, they were, trying to, they were trying to yeah, they were trying to do Dark yeah. Universe, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Which is not a bad idea. No. At the same time, it's almost like it can really live in several different worlds. Like for instance, they owned um, Death Race, that that Roger Corman thing, right? They own uh-huh. Universal owns that. And they did two different versions at the same time. They did one where it was straight up like, we're taking this serious. And they had another guy do one where it was campy on purpose. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. It was like, uh, like, I don't know when that was. Like maybe like 2015 or yeah, something some, like that. They, something they, like that. Oh, yeah. I'm actually and they put them out at the same time. I'm actually staring at the Death Race 2000 uh, DVD right now. That's right. <laughs> well, which one is it? The, which one is it? The is original. It? The, the, oh, uh, the original one. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The, the one that is like... Uh, uh, the most incredible the thing I one. saw when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Stallone's in that, right? Yes. Carradine. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Carradine, Stallone, yeah. and I can't remember who it's else. It's kind of funny that we were talking about Frankenstein, and then I think his his character is Frankenstein. It is. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a, it's it's like I brought that movie up to, to several people too, and they're kind of like, "What the hell is Death Race 2000? You know, like I've never heard of that. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I was." Freaking like five or six years old, and my dad was like, "You gotta watch this," <laughs> you <All> know. Right. <laughs> different, different time period though. They're, you know, yeah. Growing up in the seventies yeah. and eighties was was way different than growing up now. Yeah, that is true. You know, I mean, you know, my dad was a hippie. You know, he he was cool, sat back, smoked his weed, did his thing. You know, then he went to work and uh, fixed things that kept you alive at the hospital. So you know, it was Way a different to go. time. Yeah. 
It was a different time, man. It was a different time, dude. My dad, he, uh, when he gets home, he smokes a lot of pot. Then he goes, what does he do for a living? Well, he calibrates the pupillators at the hospital. You know. Basically. <laughs> what? That's basically he, what he did, dude. He makes faulty respirators. Sure, why not? I've had that. When I, when I, when I had this at, Lloyd, at Lloyd's toy store, the Freightmare Toys, right? Yep. Uh, One guy came up and he's like, oh, man, uh, Mr. Sheridan, you know, they, like, I gotta tell you, you're like, at work, you're like our favorite. Um, We're always going around and we're quoting Doofy and my boss, my boss is always quoting Doofy, you know, smell my finger, I go poopy. I'm like, oh my god, that's funny. Yeah, he's always imitating you and I go, oh, so what do you do? And he goes, well, we're the final, um, we put the final touches on the computer app aspects of this the F-35 fighter jet or whatever the like, <laughs> new fighter jet is and like Lockheed Martin or somewhere, they, they, they do the cockpit. They basically build the cockpit, like the computer stuff in the cockpit they put together, right? Right. And I'm like, wait a second. And it's something like, I'm telling you, like, it's like each one of these jets is like $16 million or right. something. Right, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like these $35 million. I don't know what it is. It's like, they're really expensive. They're like the most incredible piece of machinery out there right like that's what they're saying this thing is the greatest thing that's ever been made on earth and i'm like but you're telling me like four or five guys are farting and doing doofy stuff as they're building that and then somewhere along the line that's going to be sent against some army and like a smart bomb is going to go down and you know kill 200 people or something like that and the guy that put that together went i go poopy i go poopy (laughs) (laughs) what yeah, then if they like take apart some of the panels, probably somebody's drawn like little mustaches, like little caricatures right. of you on there, you know. <laughs> I don't know, but it just goes to show you, you know, I and that's what I said to him, I go and I go, I go, when I hear stories like that, then I know exactly why we're all walking around wearing masks. You know what right. I mean? Like we that's we are yeah, the world is retarded and stupid and dumb. I know I said a the retard word. That's, that's okay. Word. That's okay. Our, 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 our tagline is, uh, you know, no subject sacred. So we don't care. You can say whatever nice. you want, buddy. It doesn't I matter. Have the, I, I have the most offensive joke. Again, this is why I don't do stand-up. I actually have the most offensive joke. Um, well, I, I could tell it to you, but I, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like people might just, I might be completely canceled if I say it. So. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I tell you what. You can tell us after you, when, we, when we cut off at the end of this. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll we'll talk a little bit more, and you got to tell me. I got to know. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, um, it's funny. So you've been in a ton of stuff. All right, I, I can't sit down mm-hmm. and name every goddamn thing you've been into because you've been in a lot of stuff. Um, the recent film I watched you were in was uh, was it Naked? Um, I okay, think mm-hmm. I yep. watched that. Um, but. Who, out of all the stuff you've done, what is like what, what your crowning achievement? You believe, just out of curiosity, Ooh. like what what do you feel Ooh. is like? Besides, I mean, besides the doofy character that everybody actually knows you by, but I mean, like, what is something that you're very proud of? Proud of uh, as an actor? Yes, like in just yes. straight up performance. Yeah. Hmm. Good question. Um. Well, I. I guess for me, I came up doing comedy, right? right? I started at Saturday Night Live. I did Second City in Chicago. So everything on the comedy level is, it's awesome because that's what I set out to do. And yeah. I've 
done some really funny characters and some funny roles, but being funny and being broad and being goofy, that kind of comes natural. I was mm -hmm. a class clown. You know what I mean? They didn't let me in. I, w I, could, I wasn't even allowed to be the class clown because they wouldn't let me in the class anymore. You know what I mean? I literally <laughs> got like expelled. Um, so uh, like in, in this, this was actually all due to Felissa Rose who, uh, because when I, what happened on the horror convention circuit was I did, um, was basically from Ghost World. We did Ghost okay. World, Doug from Ghost World, and Rob Zombie fell in love with that character. And same, so did the Chili Peppers, which is why I did those Chili Pepper videos as that, as that character. And uh, so Rob called me and wanted me to be in The Devil's Rejects. And um, I had a great time doing it, but, but Rob put a great cast together. You know what I mean? It had, it had comedians. It had horror veterans. You know what I mean? Porn actors. It was just all over the place, but such an eclectic cast. Then the, it was 2015. They're doing a 10th year reunion and everyone else like Sid Haig and Bill Mosley and Kane, and, uh, you know, even, even, uh, Leslie Easterbrook and stuff like that. Mm. PJ souls, because she was in Halloween. These were all veterans. They've already been on the circuit. You know what I mean? They've already, right, right. They already knew about these horror conventions. I didn't know anything about any conventions, you know, uh, or, you know, comic cons or whatever you want to call them. And so I went and it blew my mind that like, oh, wow. And I'm strictly talking to the ones that are focused on horror at this point. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know that. I knew there was a genre of horror. I knew there was Fangoria. I knew Film Threat and all these like, you know, magazines and the, the movies that are out. But I didn't know. I really didn't know the sort of lucrativeness of the conventions, but also how it was such a big thing for the fans. Meaning like in when I tapped into that and saw that, I was like. I need more of this because it was awesome. I had a great time. Um, the fans, heart, there is no, there's no other fan base that can compare to horror fan base. You know what I mean? I agree. They 100%. Are, they're loyal. They are, um, they're into it. Like they truly, they live for their horror movies and um, they're passionate, I guess is the word passionate. And they're very loyal uh, in terms of, you know, repeat like, hey, man, I can't get enough horror. I, that, that, there's a reason why there's 19 uh, Friday the 13th, you know what right. I mean? Or yeah. 20 right. Halloweens or, uh, you know, the Hills Have Eyes have three or four versions. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is up to like 11. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, that's because horror fans want more. Yeah. They want to see the killers. They want to see uh, the repeat things. So I basically said to Felissa, I was like, man, like, the only issue is I've got The Devil's Rejects and I got the scary, scary movie. And uh, there's also Haunted House 1 and Haunted House 2, which were, again, spoofs of like the paranormal activity yeah. stuff. But uh, I didn't have any legit horror movies except for The Devil's Rejects. So that's when I started working with her. I was like, I really want to build my brand. I want to be, you know, this is – and it is kind of like country music. I hate to say it, but like it, it also happened at the time where uh, I was ending the band and the comedy, the bigger studio comedy movies were now not, I wasn't a part of, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't getting uh, the roles I wanted in those, those things, just because that's, you know, everything shifts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah. mentioned Brendan Fraser. It's like Brendan Fraser used to be everywhere and then you don't see him anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like, Pauly Shore's got movies. Now he doesn't. So Dave Sheridan is no different. It's very rare to have a Tom Cruise that'll be around for, 40 years you know yeah. what i'm saying it's like no matter how crazy um, shit he is 
Right, exactly. So <laughs> the ultimate thing, though, was like horror is a lot like country music where you can enter the horror realm at any age. You don't have to be 18-year-old. You know, it's harder for females, I think, as the females tend to have to be a final girl or the screen yeah. queens. And right. they do want, you know, the younger females. But the horror guys, you know, look at the, uh, uh, you know, it's just – the more gritty you are, the better the roles are. You know what I mean? Yeah. The more wrinkled and defined and different. You know, that's yeah. why Mosley just is killed. That's why Sid Haig just killed it, you know, as he got older. Because right. yeah. he was just like, wow, he's scary or he's this, you know? And so I started doing that. But again, going back to that, I'm not, I'm more comedy. I'm not a drama. And uh, again, I, I hats off to Felissa. She would challenge me and she would say, I want you to play this role. I want you to play this role. You know, some of the first things she got me, they were very uh, Dave Sheridan, like you, you'll kill this. You're the goofy, you're the goofy ranger at the, at the camp. You know what I mean? Right. But then it's like, okay, now, now I want you to play the main bad guy. Now I want you to play this perverted priest. And so I think those two roles so far were so outside of my comfortable position. You know what I'm saying? Like she put me on my heels of, I Honestly, when I'm doing comedy stuff, I'm able to just go and do nothing. In my head, I'm just goofing off. I'm, I'm watching TV. I'm on my, I'm on my phone. You know what I mean? And it's like, Dave, we're ready for you. I go, What do you want me? Okay, what do I say? And I just, ba ba You know, it's like I make stuff up and I just funny. And right. but the drama all of a sudden was like, Hold on, I got to prepare. I got to get in that zone. I just look. My wife just died. And I'm raping my kids. You know what I mean? It's like, Wait a second, this is not so. So that. That, those are the two movies. One is called Bloodcraft, and it's by James Cullen uh, Bressack, is the director. And in that film, I play this preacher whose wife dies. I'm an alcoholic, and I just get a little too touchy-feely with my, my, my 10-year-old, my 8-year-old daughter. You know what I mean? Like I'm, Jesus. I basically am I'm a child molester priest. And then I even knock one up, and I have to give it an abortion, and I end up killing her. And killing the one daughter, the other daughter runs away. And it, I, I'm not going to give the whole movie away, but it's there's it's, more. Jesus. Oh uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's just the first act. No, I'm just, uh, but um, it's kind of a seance movie. What happens is the one daughter digs up my body and and puts she kidnaps a like a pay, uh, pizza delivery guy or whatever. She kidnaps him, transfer my soul into this guy. She hasn't. It's, so it's a torture movie where. She's now torturing me. I had I had to go and do my voice on the other guy lying down once it gets to that part. But there's flashbacks. Oh, wow. The movie's told like in flashbacks of everything else I did. But yeah. it I'll tell you, man, like now I know why some of those dark dramatic actors, like a Christian Bale or somebody, like would become an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you leave the set and you're so drained. You're so emotionally drained from going so dark that you need to kind of like, you know, you need a drink. You're like, man, yeah. I need a drink after today. Well, comedy's not like that. Comedy, you're you're on a high. Comedy already lifts you up when you're performing. Yeah. So you're kind of like, you're more like, oh man, I need an ambient to go to bed. You know, what right. I mean? So, I mean, you might drink to go to bed a little bit, but you're not you're not drinking because you're because you're trying to wash out the right. bad karma of what you just did as a performer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, but but you asked me more like, and I'm I, maybe you asked me what I'm most proud of. I, I, I'm not proud of the movie. I'm not proud of my performance, say, but I'm proud that I went and did something like that when I was really out of my comfort zone and I challenged myself. And um, 
I thought it, it's a great. I thought I'd do really good as a crying scene and stuff like that. So it's it's real drama. I'm playing it as real as possible, or as, at least straight. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah, not right. Damning it up, and um, that's something like you know t- that every one of us has to do at some point in their life. Is we're gonna have to. You have to do something that you're uncomfortable doing in order to succeed, or you have to. There are just times where you're not in control of what your comfort level is. You know what I mean? That you're yeah. going to be thrust into things in life that you're not in control of, you know, because life, that's what life is. Life comes at you. You know, right. you might think you have a plan, but like, so, so it was cool, you know, definitely like when I started out in 1990, I wasn't saying, hey, in 2018, I'm going to be a rapist priest. That's what I was doing, <laughs> you know, like, while I'm working at Saturday Night Live, you know? So yeah. it's like, and then the other one is called um, um, Cold-Blooded Killers. And that they're both out. They, I know you can see them somewhere. I don't know where. I think maybe okay. Amazon Prime. Um, Cold Blooded Killers. I play the main bad guy in that. And that's but it's you know now that one. It's it's a little more popcorny. It's it's because it's a grindhouse kind of shoot 'em up roadhousey. Uh-huh. I'm like the main bad guy with a bunch of goons with guns and uh, there's people coming after me at my road at my you know my bar and. Right. Um, but it's it's a good looking character. Like you wouldn't recognize me, you know, the facial hair and tattoos on my neck and my face and stuff. But it's I'm pretty brutal at the same time. You know what I'm saying? As a bad guy, but it's also um there is funny moments because that's what makes me so sadistic is that I don't even take it very serious. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the stuff I'm doing, I'm like yeah, because I always like that. Um, the first bad guy thing that I saw that I was like, oh, that I like the way he did that was Tommy Lee Jones in that one like Seagal movie where they like took over the ship or something like that. Do you remember that movie? Oh, um, under was siege. that when he was the cook? Under siege. Yeah, when he was the yeah cook? under siege. Yeah, yeah, he's probably the cook. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like that's like Die Hard on a boat, I guess. Right, right, right. Die Hard on a yeah. And, and now that I think of it, Alan Cummings, I think not not Alan Cummings, Alan. Um, who was, what was that guy's name from um, Die Hard? Uh, oh, Rickman? Alan Rickman? Yeah. Yeah. He was awesome. Alan Rickman? That, very similar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like, he channeled a really bad guy, but he was also kind of witty and light with it. You know what I mean? Almost like right. James yeah. Bond. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there's that kind of James Bond bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're a lunatic, but you're sadistic. And so, kind of have that kind of thing going. So, um those those are my two that I'm sort of proud of, like at least stepping out and doing something that was a bit different. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. You know, another one that people always come at me and go, I didn't realize you were in this movie was like Sex Drive. Because I was just looking at this Sex Drive painting in my office here that someone did for me. And uh, I get that one a lot lately. It must be playing a lot like on these yeah. free TVs. It's on, right. it's on uh, Netflix right now. Yeah, Netflix or two B T V like people start to discover some of this stuff, but they're like, I didn't realize you were in you were in uh, sex drive. Right. Dude, dude, Tubi has some of the weirdest films, dude. I don't know if That's you where ever... you'll find all mine. That's where you'll find them all. <laughs> they might as well they might as well just say you might as well call that Dave Sheridan TV. Hey, you know, you're on Dave Sheridan TV previously called Tubi. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like... I'm actually looking at the uh the cold blooded killers uh a trailer right now and i saw you and uh you're right if if you wouldn't have said that was you it'd be kind of hard to tell yeah yeah that movie now now that that film could have came out a lot better um it was shot we had a good time shooting it and the director 
had like a he was a young director and he had a good vision for what he wanted to shoot. But then you know how like the way this the way these things work is he lost control of it, meaning like they they were like, Oh, we have an editor, you're not gonna edit. When he was like the director editor, he had a I, I, I work with enough people and shot enough movies that I could tell when the way something is shot, there's there's sometimes directors shoot like just general coverage. Like we're going in on this angle, we're going, we're shooting a master, then there's over the shoulder and this, this guy was shooting more in pieces of like, the camera comes in like this, then it's going to cut to this one, then it's going to cut up ahead. So everything in his head, he knew more like a comic book. He had like storyboards on where his angles were going to be. Right. He knew what he wanted to cut together. Right. And so when he lost, when they just, when they, then when the producers took the hard drives and said, we got another guy that's going to edit it. Well, that guy's editing something like he's used to editing oh, in, a, in a bin form of like, oh, I've got over the shoulder, I got a tight, and I got this, so I can edit. Versus like, wait, what? What the hell's going on here? I didn't know what order he wanted to put this in. How he was gonna, you know? So he, this guy, this guy shot more like um, Madonna's uh, ex-husband, uh, Guy Ritchie. Okay, you know, okay. Guy, all right, yeah. You know, guy shoots that like over-stylized stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Freeze right. frames and this and that. That's how he was kind of doing this grindhouse. It was kind of like a Guy Ritchie, sort of like one of those Guy Ritchie gangs, you know, the, uh, the the UK gangstery kind of movies that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it didn't quite. The, the the issue is you should have just when 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 a director is like that, let him at least let him get his vision done. You yeah. know what I mean, and go for that. So the film itself, I think, falls flat uh, in terms of the editing. In terms of, you know, the squibs and the gunshots and uh, the biggest thing, and you you guys coming from a musical standpoint, is uh, where where I find independent movies because now that's where I'm at. I'm doing these independent movies. I'm doing like Indiegogo movies. I'm doing movies that are fifty grand, a hundred grand. You know, mm-hmm. where the filmmakers tend to drop the ball is not understand that audio is fifty percent, if not sixty percent, of everything you're you're, you're taking in because. Yep. You're looking at the visual, and yeah, you can add CGs, and you can add color correction. You can add, uh, you know, you can make the thing pop a little bit. But where you really can make the thing sound more professional is in the audio. Not only just the dialogue and sort of like, you know, putting the right limiters and the gates on stuff to make the thing, you know, compressing, compressing so that your lows and your highs are all, you know, you're hearing the whispers. You know what I'm saying? You're hearing things. And then... And then, then you got to sound design it. You know what I mean? Sound design the door creak and the footsteps and the gunshots and the, the door opening and shutting and whatever it is. You know, a cigarette being put out, the slaps. Right. Nothing in real in like in the big movies. Nothing is nothing is organic sound. They add everything in. You know what right. I mean? They might even if I'm like in this film, uh, the cold blooded killers. I beat this dude up. I'm slapping the fuck out of him and stuff. Right? I know they didn't add any more slaps in. They didn't add texture to it they just went with the natural slap which is when you mm-hmm. when you record a natural slap it's 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 nothing you know what i mean yeah a lot of people, gunshots are like that like um if you go to a gun range you're shooting your you're you're shooting with your iphone it doesn't matter what microphone you're, sh- you're shooting with if you're shooting a gun with blanks it's not going to be the same as a sound engineer recording a gunshot with three different mics at three different angles right and then right it together yeah. Because a gunshot is really flat. A real yeah. gunshot is like, bah, it's oh, yeah, it's like, it's, like it's not going to be produced where it's like, bah, bah, you know, never. Yeah. So it's like that's like 
you got to pay you you go to this you know you get this uh these they used to be dvds now i'm sure it's just hard drives or now i think it's just like cloud soundcloud library stuff that you just have <laughs> yeah. access to and you go through all these different gunshot recordings and you you add it in and uh mm-hmm. <laughs> like in this movie they did the squibs and and it's just i think they only found like two gunshot sounds so every gun sounds the same <laughs> And they're all shot from the same distance. Close up, it's like, Wait a second, every gun sounds the same. It's like, no, bullets don't. There's different gauges of bullets and different. Sa- and then if you're in a house, you're outside, it should sound different, you know? So I guess what I'm saying is it's in the detail. The devil's in yeah. the detail. Oh, and yeah, always, man. They just don't take the deep, they don't take the time. People rush out a lot of these independent movies. Um, and a lot of that, a lot of that, it's not the filmmakers. A lot of it is the investors because the investors, uh, they're a lot of the times they're not in the business. It's a guy. It's like, oh, you know, I have a trucking company in Tennessee, but I'll give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars. But then he's calling direct, going like, when's that movie coming out? I need that right. movie. I want to make my profit. It's like, well, you're not going to make any profit if you, you know, um, I'm in this film. Here's something I'm really proud of that's coming out the pipe. It's called. Uh, it, it, it might be on my IMDb somewhere on there. Um, I think it's called like. Patsy Lee and the key to the five kingdoms or something. It's got a crazy big, long name. And uh-huh. it's, it's basically Goonies meets big trouble, little China. Right? Holy shit. Oh, and nice. it was written by this guy named James Hong. And James mm-hmm. Hong was in big trouble, little China. He's yeah, a yeah. bad guy. Yeah. James, if you know that actor, go look. Yeah. He, he's yep. famous. He's got a lot of, stuff. yeah, he wrote the film and he's, he shot that movie at 92. Uh, we shot it like three years ago. So now he's 95. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that movie comes out before he dies. Uh, but uh, I actually have, um, a, in the final scene, I have a martial arts fight scene with James Hong. And, oh, wow. and he was 92. And we, we literally punch and kick and this. And they didn't want James to even do the fight at all, right? They were like, they have a stunt double. His, mm-hmm. his, his nephew, Craig, is his stunt double for years. And um, they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to have Craig do it. Because if James, if something happens, James breaks the hip, he, we're done. He won't be able, we have another week of shooting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and also, if he breaks the hip, that would be on us. We don't, nobody wants a 92-year-old to break a hip. Because right. he didn't need to be doing a, but he was so sad. He, sit, he was sitting at the thing. He was oh, I, want, I should be doing this. I should, I do all my, I always have a fight scene. You know, I like, it's, right. it should be me. You need to see my face. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. You got a good point. So I said, listen, let's get everything done. Let's just bring them up for one take when it's over, where you get what you want. And let's just get, so you can get some facial expressions. And they're like, okay, all right, Dave. But really inside my head, I just wanted that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to say that I fought James Hong at 92, you know what I mean? Right. And um, so, by the way, so I'm sitting there and Craig, his stunt double, He's taking these falls. They're back on some mats and stuff, but I, like, I'm kicking him and punching him, and he's he's leaping and falling, you know, and stuff. And uh, I realized, I go, wait, he said he was his nephew. It's like, I was like, wait, he's 92. I go, I pick him, pick up Craig off the ground. I go, like, Craig, how old are you? And he goes, Oh, I'm 74. <laughs> his stunt double, his stunt double was 74 years old. I go, well, you're still a senior citizen by like 10 years. You know, right. you're still like collecting social security by 10 years. And I was like, that is so funny. And they said, and then that's why I go, well, what if he gets hurt? They go, we don't care about him. He's a stunt double. He cares. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, so what's funny is that in the movie, uh, James Hong, 
he has a cane because he really does walk with a cane in real life. So they have a, a prop cane that looked pretty cool. As a prop cane. And so for the fight uh, with Craig, he had a, a, a foam rubber cane, you know, to hit mm-hmm. me with and stuff like that. But James can't actually walk with the foam rubber cane, you know. So he's right. coming to set on this fight with the real cane. And it, I didn't even think about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, because you're all. And I thought he was just going to do a couple little things. He basically, they call action. He's like, ah! and, and he takes the fucking real cane and just starts cracking me across the face with it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. like, he literally hit me for real. And I'm over the shoulder. You don't even, I should have, I should have had a stunt double. Right. You don't see my face. You see, you see his face. But when he hit me with the cane, I literally got turned around so that the camera, I mean, I am wearing these glasses and like, uh, the, the glasses are flying off and I'm like, turn, turn around. I saw like a still frame, you know, like you could go, oh, hold on. And I, Zach Ward is the director. And um, mm-hmm. he promised me, I said, dude, you got to print. You got to give me a print of that because I really want James to sign that, you know, because yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it literally is. You see him and you see the cane, you know, and you just see my face and the glasses falling off. And it's just like. You could tell he just hit me with the cane and things whapping off. And uh, <laughs> and the best part was I was the one pushing. I was like, yeah, come on. We should let him do this, guys. Yeah, really. <laughs> we should let him. And then me going like, yes, I'm going to have a fight scene. And really, then karma hits you. Just like the world will slap you in the face, it got me. I went, okay, yeah. I got it. <laughs> it's like the guy that paid the price was me getting hit with the fucking cane. It's so, okay. Yeah. You, you asked for the fight scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, dude. Uh, oh, but by the way, so that movie, yeah, that that movie's going to be very cool because they that was one because Zach Ward. Do you know who Zach Ward is? He's, he's been in a lot of stuff and he's um. Uh, the name. He's big player. Huh. The name sounds familiar. I just I I don't I can't if picture you, him. If you looked him up, you'd see. Oh yeah, of course. He's in Transformers. He's in a, a Christmas Story. He played the main bad guy. That's in Christmas okay. Story. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly you talk about red redhead, redhead, guy. redhead guy. Yeah, yeah. The ginger. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but Zach is like, this was his like, hey man, I'm directing this, and I want this to be a calling card for me. So I want to make it as good as possible. And so he, uh, you know, um, he's taking his time to do it right, you know, with the sign. Right, and he had to basically go and take the hard drives. He because again, it was like some Texas oil investor guy going like, "I, I need the movie. Why, why isn't that movie finished?" And Zach's like, "That whole thing where the, there's a house contractor T-shirt. I always you see, and it's like, look, you can get it done cheap and fast. You can get it done, uh, you know." Um, what is it like good? It could be good and fast, but it's not going to be cheap. You know what I mean? Or you could have it be cheap and fast, but it's not going to be good. And then you could have it be, uh, what is it? Good and good and cheap. That was it. But if you want it good and cheap, well, then it ain't going to be fast. It's going to take time. Right. You know what I mean? Like the, you can just, that, that whole triangle, you can't have all three of those things. You can't have yeah. it cheap, fast, yeah. and good. So yeah. one of those things has to, if you want it fast, then it's probably not going to be good. Yeah. Um, or if you want it fast, then it's going to cost you money because you got to bring people on to go. We're doing all these CG effects. We don't have mm-hmm. one guy now. We've got a team of fifty people doing it. You know, so. Right. So he did the right thing, and that's that's why I'm really proud of that movie coming out because he took it upon himself to say, "I'm going to take three years to get it done right." You know. Yeah, man. Nice. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to that. That sounds like it's going to be yeah. really fucking good. 
I hope I like yeah. you said. I hope it's out before uh, your boy dies, though. Uh, yeah. And I know it sounds it sounds demented. We're talking about somebody dying, but when you're talking about a 95 I mean, year old, I mean, look, uh, yeah, my my grandfather just passed away a couple years ago, and he was 93. You know, so it's like I understand yeah. 95. It's the realities. You got at least a good five years left, buddy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, come All on, right. y'all got to at least have that fucking film out. Uh, yeah, it's gonna come out. But I'm just saying, like, talking about somebody dying seems like, oh wow, man, like, don't be so harsh. But that's you know, it's the truth of life. We right. live and we die. And right. so when you're talking about a 95 year old, I think you're you. It's okay to talk about him dying in a conversation because he's at that part of his of his life. It's not like. You know, we're talking about an eighteen-year-old. Like, man, I hope that's done before he dies. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him drive? He's crazy. <laughs> He's on that electric unicycle. He's all such the time. a crazy dude. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, look, man, Dave, I appreciate you finally being able to get on the show and uh, talk some shit with us. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, lo- I like it. I like it. You know, like you said, we're just going to shoot the shit. And yeah. I always just, when I come on these things, I just, I, I'm not going to like, um, what's the word? I don't know. I, I try not to censor myself too much and, and just yeah. literally tell people what's going on in my life and what's, what I'm about, you know? That's great. Good. Helps. And, and then that's what we like to do on our show too, is it's kind of yeah. like, we just, we, we prefer to, like when you asked us what kind of questions do we have, we don't. No, <laughs> like honestly, we don't because we come on and we like to have a conversation. We prefer to to be more fluent what we do instead of rigid. Like, how did you like this movie? Was this fun? Right. How was it working with this guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you got enough. Right. Of, you get enough of that shit What's when you go on other places. What's the craziest thing that ever did? Oh, cool! I get to tell this story again. Right. So we we like the things to flow. By the way, that's what it's like at like the conventions is obviously because I did the Devil's Reject it probably four times. If I'm signing for – if there's 50 people coming up to my table, probably 10%, five times, somebody will go, what's it like working with Rob Zombie? You know, like – so I get <laughs> kind of tired of answering that question. Right. So I yeah. just make – I. I make up so much stories about that guy. I'm waiting for <laughs> Rob to like run into me one day and be like – why are you telling people that I wear short shorts, like jean shorts, <laughs> like no underwear? Like, why, why would you say I do that? Like, I don't know, why, why don't you do that? Because, man, that. you're you're more human than <laughs> human, <laughs> man. I told people you do. Be a whole lot cooler if you did, man. Yeah, yeah but so, um, hey, the, uh, the other thing is one last thing about that band, Stone Band, that was yeah. a kind of an interesting phenomenon. It was so we had, you know. Um, we had uh, our first main songs were like Spring Break Forever, Steve's Going on a Beer Run, Party Hardy. And they were like party songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there wasn't anything like, I, they weren't like dirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once you start going live, though, then I remember, then live, we got a little blue in the banter. The banter got, you know what I mean? And I remember, I think the first one was MILF, the, A Mother I Like to Fuck, was one of, uh-huh. one of our songs. And everyone, like that one, people liked. And then I was like, oh, and then I came up with another one, $25 blowjob. And again, now that was everyone's favorite. So all of a sudden, it's that kind of thing where the customer's always right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's sort of like these, the, the more edgier, sexually like perverted the songs got, the more reaction they got. And the people were like, ah. So then it just kind of like led the band to like, 
oh man, we got two in the pink, one in the stinks. You, you know, beer goggling, show certificates of freedom. Everything was just, you know, everything was just like. <laughs> so, so it wasn't like, it wasn't like I set off to write that stuff. It's just that I was, it just naturally became what the audience, you have to give the audience what they want. Right. You know it what just I mean? grew and into that, the monster it was. It did. It grew into that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the funny thing about the village people um, was, they had like they weren't the even gay at first. Yeah, they weren't gay at first. They grew into it. They were, they were willing to do it. No, um, they went with the times anyway. Right. Yeah. They no. The the thing was that they um they would they would they would always stay at a hotel close by and they would show up in their outfits like, you know, ten minutes before they were going on. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. we would we would be there all day. And we had a big entourage of people. There was five guys in the band. There was roadies. There was the fake manager. So we, we, we tend to like, it was like seven or eight people, you know, like maybe even 10 sometimes. And so when you're backstage, you, you, if they give you a case of beer, you're going to drink that really fast. Right? right. Oh yeah. And, um, so, but we started catching on to the village. People was, were never using anything in their dressing room. They had a, and they had a bigger, they had a better rider. So they had literally, you know, a cooler of like beer and they had some liquor laid out and stuff like that. So we're like, well, wow, man, that's just going to waste. You know what I mean? Cause these guys just show up. And, uh, <laughs> so we decided like, let's just start drinking their stuff every night. You know, like so we did. And the one time, the one time that like, we really just took everything from them. That's when they showed up. And the, the guy, the Indian, it's not even the original Indian, but the, the native American, um, he was the one complaining, which was kind of, it was kind of funny. Like, oh, man, the liquor. And I was like, oh, sorry, we drank your fire water. You know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was funny, but they, uh, they had a great show, but see, you know, because of their outfits and stuff like that, and we had outfits too, but we were jealous. We're like, damn, that's great. They just, they're in their hotel room. They're in their cop outfit, the construction outfit. They, somebody calls them. They walk through the lobby really quick. They get in a, a, a 15 pass van. They pull up to the stage and they're playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus yeah, like, yeah. We're walking around and I had assless chaps on all day and I got sunburn <laughs> on my ass, you know, if you're at a festival or something. So. Oh, that's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I just realized, by the way, that all chaps are technically assless. Yes, they are. I just said ass. They hey, are. assless chaps. It's like, wait, chaps are generally, they are assless. But, but, you, but you know, what you do Yeah, know, that's like, that's like everybody says that. you said uh, child molesting priests. That's like, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Which, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, every, every child molester is a priest. No, right. Yeah, right. At, at least at one point. Round them up. Dave, can you tell these people out there uh, where they can find you and where they can look up all your interesting stuff? Oh, well, I, um, right now, I think the most active thing on social media is is the um, Instagram account, which is Dave Sheridan Official, at Dave Sheridan Official or something like that. And, and, and there I do have my tour dates that are listed there, and we put up some videos and stuff every now and then. But uh, And then... Go to IMDb if you want to see what I've been doing. You know, you just look that up for the movies and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. and the one uh, we were just talking about, uh, Patsy Lee and the Keepers of the Five Kingdoms. Yes, yes. yes. I'm looking yes. forward to that, dude. I really am. Yeah. Hopefully, it comes out pretty soon. Um, I think it. I think it is. 
So, dude, again, man, thank you so much for uh, taking, yes. your, taking your time out and coming on the show. I hope we hope you enjoyed yourself and you'd like to come back because uh, I'm sure the the rum guy would love to speak to you too. Oh uh, yeah, man. I, I anytime, guys. You know, anytime. Just not between uh, not between January first and December thirty first. I've got some stuff going on, but other, other than that, anytime. anytime. Fantastic, um, fantastic. Yeah. All right, guys. I want to go see. You know, really quick. The one yeah. band I'd like to go see, is, and I had a chance, but then they went on, and I had to leave because uh, I play. I did this convention called Rock and Shock up in like the Boston area. It was uh, uh, Municipal Waste. I don't know. Do you know that band at all? Those Municipal dudes are Waste? fucking mm-hmm. incredible alive, dude. They are so good. I bet good. they are. So I wanted good. to see them so bad because I love their videos and stuff. Because they, they they remind me of Van Stone a lot with like their videos are fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you know, so. yeah. Th- those dudes are so good. Um, like. I saw them live twice. I forget who they were opening up for. They were opening up for someone. This was before they were like huge, you know, before they got famous or not really huge in the, you know, metal scene, but you know what I mean? Like they're, right. they're a known band now. Uh, but they right. were open for somebody at the house of blues and man, they were so good, dude. Like if you like that, like that nineties, eighties, nineties thrash music, that's the way to go. Those guys are so good. Yeah. I do. And I do like that. That's where, that's kind of where I might've ended. Right, you know, like I don't, the stuff that gets. I mean, I'm into the stuff that's you know, uh, high on fire, or whatever. Oh like, yeah, like high that. on fire. Like, yeah, like, uh, I, I, I go hard. There's hard stuff I like, but uh, but I, at the same time, I, 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 I kind of stop around that period. I'll, you know, I'll, uh, right. it, that was my age, you know. So. I'll send, I'll send you um, uh, a, a digital copy of my uh, my last album I put out. So I'll let you check that out. You might like it. Okay, cool. Awesome. But, uh, um, sure. anyway, guys, as always, I was your host, Wayne. I was your co host, Vernon. And I was your guest, Dave Sheridan. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> and remember, as always, to keep it, keep it, keep it. That's it! Get the fuck!